We've got a lot to hit on on today's edition of Locked On Cougars. We've got some scheduling news on the BYU football front. Our position group preview series rolls on with a look at the wide receiver position for BYU. And we will also catch up on all the other news in BYU sports. It's watch list season and it rolls on. And Puka Nakua is getting honored. We'll talk about all of that ahead on today's edition of Locked On Cougars. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The motto around these parts is your team every day. And as such, this is your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. The goal here, simply stated, is to make you the smartest BYU fans in any given room you happen to be in. And the way you do that is by checking this show out on the daily. By way of introduction, once again, my name is Jake. I work for the KSL Sports Zone in Salt Lake City. For those of you who may be checking us out for the first time, working in sports radio on my day job, but I moonlight as a podcaster and I love talking about BYU, a program that's meant a lot to me throughout my life, and it's a ton of fun to be talking all things Cougars. On today's show, we're going to uh, start off with a look at our position group preview series. We've been doing this for the better part of like, the last two weeks. I know we're on Friday, so it's been two weeks of doing this, going position by position ahead of training camp for the BYU football program, looking at guys on the roster, what to expect from them, all of that. So let's talk a little BYU wide receivers and it's headlined by two guys that I think are, it's very clear they're going to be the headliners for BYU wide receiver one of which uh, is uh, not Samson Nakua, Puka Nakua excuse me, his younger brother of Samson Puka Nakua was named uh, yesterday to the 2022 Blitnikoff Award preseason watch list by the Tallahassee Quarterback Football Foundation congratulations to Puka on that award. It recognizes college football's outstanding FBS pass catcher regardless of position could be a wide receiver a tight end slot back or a running back of course Nakua had a breakout campaign last year especially down the stretch he is poised I think to really come into his own this year for BYU I think he could do some very special things the good news is he's got a nice running mate opposite of him in Gunnar Romney the redshirt senior had 34 receptions for 594 yards and three touchdowns in 10 games a year ago dealing with numerous knee injuries battled through those was absolutely incredible in doing that. Uh, the stats for Pukunakua, 43 receptions, 805 yards, and 6 touchdowns. So between the two of them, that is nearly 1,300 yards of offense, 8 touchdowns, and I would expect this year, you're going to see those numbers go up even more if both of these guys are as good as I believe that they can be for BYU. The good news is, they are not just the only two wide receivers on this list. I am expecting Keanu Hill to take another step forward in his progression here for BYU. Very excited excited to see him uh, show what he can do. The later stages of last season, he started to really come on. He finished the year with 18 receptions, 343 yards, and two touchdowns and 13 games uh, played last year. So those three, in my opinion, are going to be your top three wide receivers for BYU. I don't think I'm saying anything revolutionary. I'm not breaking any news. And I think all three of them 
have to expect and have the mindset they are going to be the lead dogs for BYU, especially if a guy like Isaac Rex is injured early on this year at the tight end position, obviously. Dallin Holker is going to take some reps away. I understand that. But if Isaac Rex is limited to any form or fashion, the wide receiving core last year had a very good season. They got a lot of action. And I expect that those three players, Puka Nakua, uh, not Samson Nakua, I got to get Samson out of my head, uh, Gunnar Romney, as well as Keanu Hill, will be your leading three receivers for BYU. You, that's what I would bet on this year. The good news is behind them, you've got a lot of different guys that have different uh, types of skill sets and are looking to obviously make their imprint on the BYU football program. One of which is Braden Cosper, the redshirt junior, six foot three, two hundred and five pounds. He has dealt with, I believe, at least two season-ending injuries during his time at BYU. He missed the entire season last year due to complications from a broken arm suffered in training camp. He obviously will be hoping uh, to have uh, another, I guess, re-debut in a BYU uniform. When, we, when we've seen him on the field, he's produced at a pretty decent clip. The biggest thing is just not being able to stay on the field very often. Other guys to keep an eye on include the likes of Chase Roberts and Cody Epps. Both of them are freshmen uh, coming into this year. I believe, uh, yeah, both some redshirt freshmen. Cody Epps appeared in six games a year ago with 18, oh, no, six games in 2020, excuse me. Uh, missed all of the season last year, but he had 18 rushing yards in 2020. Chase Roberts uh, will be making his debut hopefully for BYU after being on the scout team for most of last year. He and his prep career, 3,709 receiving yards and 40 touchdowns. He was a prolific wide receiver at American Fork High School. Many of you might have seen him play during his prep days. He has got the size to really make an imprint on BYU's wide receiving core. The size that they lost with guys like Samson Nakua and Neil Pau exiting the program last year. He is six foot four, 195 pounds. The funny thing about uh, Cody Epps, he's kind of opposite that. Cody Epps is listed at five foot 11, 185 pounds, but he was crazy prolific during his time at, at the prep level at modern day down there in California. So those are the two, I guess, highlight freshmen I would be pointing at for you guys to keep an eye on this year. Cody Epps wears the number zero. Chase Roberts wears the number 27. I would get familiar with both of those numbers because I think behind those top three that we already talked about, as well as Braden Cosper, that probably makes up the vast majority of your rotation, at least in my book, going into training camp. Now, there are a number of other names on this roster. Could any one of them pop up and all of a sudden uh, take reps away from one of these guys? Sure, but they have the odds I feel like stacked against them. You have guys like Terrence Fall, six foot three, 185 pound redshirt freshman. He appeared in four games last year, kept his redshirt intact, and he is a guy that uh, didn't play a lot of football growing up. Many of you might recall his backstory. Grew up in France, of all places. Decided he wanted to play American football. Made the move across the pond to play uh, prep football here in the United States. Still very much a raw player, but he's starting to develop. And what I heard about him towards the tail end of last year was he's finally starting to look more natural as a wide receiver. So that's some progress on his front. He's still got time ahead of him to make an imprint on BYU's program. You have a walk-on veteran in Talmadge Gunther, six foot, 195 pounds, a redshirt sophomore, uh, played in all 13 games, mainly as a special teamer for BYU, forced a fumble versus Arizona State. He is a guy that obviously be looking to show what he can do in training camp. Alongside him is another walk-on in Hobbs Nyberg, served as the primary punt returner for BYU the past two seasons. He'll be looking to take on more reps as a wide receiver because you don't want to spend your entire career fielding punts. You'd like to be more of a wide receiver. And then the other guy to keep an eye on as a walk-on 
on that has appeared in games is Tanner Wall, six foot one, 175-pound redshirt freshman. He saw action in two games in 2021, mainly on special teams. So those are your walk-on veterans that have been around the program. But then also incoming to the program is an absolute influx of talent from a very uh, wide range of different skill sets. You have Kyson Hall, the younger brother of BYU wide receiver Jaron Hall, a prolific wide receiver. At high, in high school at Maple Mountain down there in the Spanish Fork area. I had somebody get mad at me when I said Maple Mountain was in Mapleton the other day or something like that, or it might have been Salem Hills. Regardless, you guys know where I'm talking about. I apologize on that behalf, but he's a very, very good wide receiver. Uh, he, could we see him catching passes from his brother? We'll see. It'll be interesting there. Dom Henry coming in from Florida, five foot eleven, 180-pound freshman, played at Nice High School in St. Augustine, Florida, was the best receiver in the Florida to prep ranks a year ago, a guy that BYU discovered, got to come as a preferred walk-on. I would expect he is going to make an imprint on BYU this year just simply due to the fact he's prolific. You, you, you do not do what guys like this do at the prep level without having some skills, and BYU hopes that their gamble on him bringing him to BYU will pay off. They also have Parker Kingston, a local product from Roy High School up there in northern Utah. Six foot, 175 pounds. Parker Kingston was maybe the fourth fastest guy in the entire state last year at the prep level. He is an absolute burner, played quarterback, punt returner, uh, some running back during his high school days. He will play wide receiver for BYU, and I think he's going to impress some folks. He has got legit wheels. Will that translate into early playing time for him? We'll have to see. And then the other incoming freshman to keep an eye on is a very familiar last name in his own right. It's Preston Rex, the younger brother of BYU tight end Isaac Rex. Preston was originally slated to play defense when he originally committed to BYU as a prep athlete. Served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He is back now. Six foot, 187 pounds. He's a very much a different body, obviously, than his brother, who is six foot six, 260 pounds. But Preston Rex, he's got the skills that pay the bills, I feel like, in many ways. And they're going to give him his crack first off on offense. If it doesn't work out for him offensively, very quickly, I could see him being flipped back over to defense and playing safety for BYU because he's got the ability to contribute in a number of different ways. So there's some very, very good uh, talent, uh, good athletes on this roster, both the incoming freshmen, the established veterans. I actually forgot about a name here. I, I'm just looking over my list. I forgot about Cade Moore, another prep athlete, a walk-on who's been around BYU for three years now. He was a member of the scout team in 2021. Uh, Cade Moore, and I got a funny nickname for him, he is what I like to call the uh, scout team legend. I have people who are at BYU football practice who continue to tell me, dude, there's this number 89. His name's Cade Moore. He just makes Every catch known to man. Does that mean he's ever going to work out where he's going to join the regular rotation for BYU, a wide receiver? Who knows? But he is a scout team legend. There are worse things to be. He's a very good player. He was a very good player at Lehigh High School. He was a contemporary of Dallin Holkers at Lehigh, a very prolific receiver at the prep level. Will he finally get a chance to show what he can do this year for BYU? We'll see, but I think your top six receivers, it's very clear. You have a, a clearly uh, a clear line, I feel like, of separation of the top six guys. Obviously, your top three, Gunnar Romney, Puka Nakua, Keanu Hill. The next three, I feel like, Braden Cosper, Cody Epps, Chase Roberts. And then beyond that, are any of these impact freshmen coming in and going to be able to make the move up the depth chart? Can one of these walk-ons who's been around for a time uh, make a stake for extra playing time? But the nice part is, if you are a guy who wants to see BYU's wide receivers show well, especially after losing the likes of Samson Nakua as well as Neil Pau a year ago, well, 
sure looks like they've got a lot of guys that are going to have that opportunity this year. And the good news also is, moving forward, whoever is going to be the quarterback after Jaron Hall, the post-Jaron Hall era for BYU, a lot of these receivers are freshmen, sophomores, or juniors. The only guy, I believe, that's a senior on this roster, I'm just checking over real quick, yeah, it's Gunnar Romney. He is the only senior. Now, Puka Nakua, it wouldn't surprise me if he had a very good year this year. If he were to, to decide, it's time for me to pursue my professional fortunes at the NFL level. But whoever takes over as the quarterback after Jaron Hall, Jacob Conover is the guy I would tab right now to be that guy. Well, he's going to have a lot of talent to work with in practice this year and obviously heading into Big 12 play in 2023. That wide receiver position group should be a strength once again for BYU. So a lot of good things happening for the wide receiving core. The nice part is you have a, a clear top rotation of I think six guys who barring uh, something unforeseen, health, uh, grades, all that type of stuff, they should be the lead guys for BYU you a wide receiver. Uh, They include some intrigue with some young guys who are unproven but also some proven vets who I think uh, in both Gunnar Romney and Puka Nakua's case, either one of them or possibly both of them could make a run at a thousand yard receiving season if they're able to get the requisite touches. You obviously have to have the ball thrown your way. You have to avoid double teams, all of that to get to that level. But I believe both of them have that capability. So it's a very, very fun uh, wide receiving core I feel like for BYU and we're going to have to see them on the football field. I cannot wait for training camp to get underway at BYU. It's not far off. And, of course, we'll wrap up our position group previews next week with the final few positions. We'll also get a, a position uh, not a position group preview. We'll get a training camp overall kind of burning question preview, the big questions that need to be answered during training camp on next week's editions of the podcast. So stay tuned for that all week long. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we got some BYU scheduling news we need to touch on. Uh, how much is BYU play, uh, paying Sam Houston State to come to Provo, a a future scheduled uh, series against North Carolina State. Well, apparently that is on the rocks. We got all that here in just a moment. First, though, a word on our friends over at Bet Online. They are the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for all of your odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league. Every league, excuse me, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. It's all available at betonline.net. They continue to be your top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live game, live in-game betting, excuse me, scores and podcasts. They have got you covered. Head to betonline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action available to you guys today and check it every day. That's all courtesy of your friends at betonline.net where the game starts. Which NFL stars are moving the betting line the most? All week long, the Locked On Podcast Network has been giving you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from our friends, the odd makers, who we just talked about at Bet Online. It began Monday. It's been running all week long, available on the Locked On NFL channel, wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. If you want to see who the most valuable players, this could help you guys with regards if you want to bet on games in the NFL, or if you're a fantasy football guy who wants to know some of the more the impact players, this might help you get a little bit of an inside edge. Check it out once again on the Locked On NFL channel wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube. All right, time to talk a little bit about BYU scheduling news that's out there right now. Let's start off with this. Uh, According to a report from Colton Foster, who is down there uh, near Sam Houston State, BYU will be paying $1.2 million to the Sam Houston State Bearcats to be BYU's season opening opponent in 2023. Now, BYU got $2 million in the buyout from Tennessee uh, when Tennessee backed out of that game. So BYU's pocketing about 
800K while paying $1.2 million to Sam Houston State. For comparison's sake, if Sam Houston State were still an FCS program, and they are this year, but they will be making the transition to, to being an FBS program uh, next year in 2023. If they were an FCS program, getting them to come to Provo probably costs about half as much as what BYU is paying to actually get them to Provo. It probably would have been a $500,000 to $600,000 investment if they were an FCS team. But when you make the move to being an FBS program, well, guess what? Your value goes up. So BYU, they will make a little money with the cancellation from the Tennessee game. They're going to put 800 k in the bank, but they'll be shelling out $1.2 million for the one-time matchup, the first ever matchup between Sam Houston State and BYU. And looking forward to that, obviously, because it'll kick off the Big 12 era for BYU, but the Huntsville item in Huntsville, Texas, credit to them. Uh, Colton Foster, who is the sports editor, for getting the scoop on that. Uh, very interesting to hear the number for BYU, and it's kind of crazy. Like I said, th- this could have been a deal that you would have gotten a game like this for 500000 this year. Well, next year, when they're an FBS program, it costs you at least twice that much to get them to Provo. All right, other news on the scheduling front. BYU and North Carolina State have never played a football series in their program's uh, respective history and it will remain that way. According to FBSchedules.com, the scheduled two-game series between the schools has been canceled. Uh, NC State is a member of the ACC, originally agreed to this two-game series with BYU back in 2018. The first game was scheduled for November 9th, 2024 and rally against uh, at NC State, excuse me, with a return date on August 29th, 2030 in Provo. Uh, I will say this, with the large gap between these two games, 2024 and then obviously 2030 in Provo. This screamed to me that NC State was hoping to get BYU to rally and then pull a Tennessee, pull uh, one of these big name programs and say, well, we're going to pay that payout and we're actually not going to make the trip to Provo. So in some ways, BYU is lucking out in a way by this game being canceled. But I'm a guy who likes to see BYU play teams they have never played before, establish uh, new contacts with these schools. And like I said, NC State, the Wolfpack, and the Cougars have never met up on the gridiron. It would have been fun to see them match up. Uh, Dave Doran has done an incredible job uh, making NC State into a premier program. They're actually one of the better programs in the ACC. But unfortunately, it appears that BYU's hopes of playing the Wolfpack, those will have to wait for I don't know how much longer. Maybe they'll get back on the schedule at some point. Uh, NC State, BYU, by the way, has not confirmed that these games have been canceled, but NC State Sports Information Department told FBSchedules.com's uh, Brian Wilmer, who's the writer that wrote the story, that those games are, quote, are no longer on our schedule. So they're canceled. There may need to be a signature here or there. It needs to be processed, whatever it is. But that series has been nixed. And it's like I said, it's unfortunate, but it's just one of those things. BYU had put together these absolutely insane independent schedules. And when you jump into the Big 12 where you have nine conference games, well, suddenly you got to start canceling series. And like I said, with how big the gap was between these two games in this series, a game in 2024 and then the return date to Provo in 2030, it screamed to me that NC State was setting it up for BYU to go play that game in a rally and then be like, oh, well, you know what? We're just going to pay that payout. We're going to execute the buyout agreement in this deal, and we're not going to make the trip over to Provo. A lot of these Southern teams, that's how it's been in BYU's history, and it's unfortunate. The hope is, by the way, that BYU now is a member of the Big 12, 
there'll be less of this happening for BYU. I, I sincerely hope there will be less of these programs trying to weasel their, weasel their way out of playing the Cougars. I can't guarantee that it's not going to happen in the future, but now that BYU's on more of an equal footing, I, we all know that the conference realignment game is continuing to spin. Who knows what it looks like here in a few years, but BYU's me a member of the Power Five, and in theory, that should make less incentive for programs like an NC State to say, you know what, I actually don't want to travel to Provo. Tennessee, them being in the SEC, they still think they're a big deal, but really what has Tennessee accomplished in the last 20 years? But nonetheless, uh, it's a series that's been canceled. It's unfortunate because, like I said, I like to see uh, new opponents for BYU on the schedule. That's what Independence was really fun about, by the way. That's one other thing that we'll be losing with BYU going into the Big 12. Even though it's a really cool era for BYU, the the chances of going around the country and playing programs that BYU had never faced before, well, there going to be less opportunities for that as they go into Big 12 play. But at the same time, you're establishing new contacts, new rivalries, just a new era of BYU in the Big 12. And I, for one, very much look forward to that in just under a year's time. All right, final notes before we wrap up today's week. We'll get to a recap of the Y Awards. They were announced on BYU TV yesterday. We're running down some of the highlights of those athletes being honored by their compatriots at BYU as we continue on right here on Locked On Cougars. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. If you have not checked us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, it's the social media world. It's where the show really doesn't stop. Check it out. Locked On Cougars is the handle on all three of those platforms. If you want my things, my thoughts on all things sports, including BYU, uh, my Twitter handle, you can find me. I'm at Jacob C. Hatch. And as always, you got questions, concerns, advertising, inquiries, whatever you got for us, you can email us anytime as well. Locked On BYU at gmail.com is the email address. All right, as we round out the week here on Locked On Cougars, let's run down the 2021 uh, 2022 athletic year with the Y Award uh, honorees that were announced on BYU TV. Female Athlete of the Year, congratulations to Michaela Coulihan. You may know her as Michaela Clough. She is married to former BYU standout Jackson Clough, who's a member of the Washington Nationals. Michaela is now playing in the NWSL. Absolutely stellar run with BYU women's soccer to the national championship match. Unfortunately, they could not win it, but very deserving of that. Female Rookie of the Year went to Kaylee Faulkner in the track and field program. The Female Crowd Pleaser of the Year went to Cameron Tucker from the women's soccer program. Cameron is an absolutely prolific uh, goal scorer. She's got the personality to match it. She is a fun one to watch. And then the Lou Wallace Outstanding Senior went to Kenzie Korber, uh, Kenzie, yeah, Korber from the volleyball program. Uh, these awards, some of them are named Lou Wallace, obviously, is the senior who has most clearly demonstrated high athletic and academic performance and sportsmanship. Kenzie Corver was a graduate transfer to BYU from Utah. Had a fantastic run in her lone season with the women's volleyball program. Then we have the Leona Holbrook Spirit of Sport Award, a senior female athlete whose participation best exemplifies the true spirit of sport and athletics in life. That went to Cassidy Smith from the BYU women's soccer program. And then on the male side of things, the male athlete of the year, I don't think this was an a very hard one to pick. Tyler Algier from the BYU football program sets the single season rushing record. Obviously a season that will not soon be forgotten in BYU football history. Congratulations to Tyler Algier. Male Rookie of the Year, 
Foose Traore from the BYU men's basketball program. Foose was an absolute sensation for BYU. I know the basketball season didn't pan out the way many BYU men's basketball fans hoped it would, but Foose, he was a bright spot. There's no doubt about that. Then we had a tie with the male crowd pleaser of the year, but these are brothers. You already talked about them earlier on in today's podcast. Puka and Samson Nakua. These two, man, what characters, guys that I've enjoyed getting to know, showboats, but also got the skill sets to back it up. Congratulations to both of them. The Ed Stein Outstanding Senior Award went to Connor Mance from the Cross Country Program. Connor, a multi-time national champion, now running professionally. He is an absolute stud and well-deserving of that honor. The Del R. McCann Spirit of Sport Award, which goes to the senior male athlete whose participation best exemplifies the true spirit of sport in athletics and life, went to John Stanley from the BYU Men's Volleyball Program. A little bit off the radar because BYU Men's Volleyball didn't have a great season this year, but congratulations to John Stanley. A couple other awards here I wanted to highlight before we go on here. Uh, Comeback Athlete of the Year, Ashton Reiner from the Women's Track and Field Program. Well, she overcame the odds to win a national title in Javelin. Very much deserving of that. The Walk-On of the Year went to Sebastian Fernandez from the Men's Track and Field Program. This is a crazy story. I don't know how many people know this about Sebastian Fernandez. He was actually just a dude off the street who showed up and was running uh, unattached at a BYU track meet. I think it was their first home meet of the outdoor season showed up, ran, and actually I think either won or was in like the top three of the event he was running in. And BYU's track coaches were like, who is this dude? And they found he was enrolled in school. They got him in, uh, onto the team and he made the national championships, like the final meet of the year up there at Hayward Field in Oregon. Talk about just an absolute sensational walk-on story. Like you said, just weeks from showing up and running at a meet unattached to being a guy who's competing for BYU in the national championship meets up there in Oregon. What a crazy story. We need to talk more about that. I, I might have to see if I can get Sebastian Fernandez on this podcast to talk about that. Cause that's a, it's an absolutely insane story there. All right, final few things here. The Floyd Johnson Service Award. Many of you know who Floyd Johnson was, the longtime uh, uh, equipment director for the BYU football program. A lot of guys who are members of the LDS faith credit them with him being a spiritual advisor during his time at BYU. Floyd's an absolute legend around BYU. Uh, they uh, signed four winners for the service award this year. Tyler Batty from the football program, Gideon George from the men's basketball program, Trey Stewart from the men's basketball program, and then Julie Sumption from from the women's track and field program. All four of them receiving that honor. They all obviously doing different things. Gideon George working with Time Out for Africa, organizing shoe drives to be sent home to his home country in Nigeria. Tyler Batty working with Edwards Hands, which is a nonprofit that provides equine therapy for for children with autism. Uh, Trey Stewart started his own company, Default happiness to promote mental health and then Julie Sumption working with Athletic Connection it's a program working with kids and sharing their talents as well as working with the SAAC uh, service committee heavily throughout the last year all four of them very much uh, deserving honorees and then the final two awards the Cougar Club Memorial Award which is uh, the outstanding junior male or female athlete with high scholarly achievement if I can get that out of my mouth Brigham Harrison from the Men's Swim and Dive Program won that award and then the Kimball Memorial Award Award, which goes to the male or female athlete who have the highest cumulative GPA among those who have lettered twice or completed 70 more or, or 70 or more credit hours. And we had a tie on the men's and women's side of things. Bella Felino from the women's soccer program with a perfect 4.0 GPA and McKay Johns from the men's track and field program with his own 
4.0. So there you go. A full recap of the Y Awards for the BYU student athletes. Congratulations to all of them. This is really cool when they do this. It was on BYU Sports Nation, a special edition of that show. But I always like recapping all those awards and letting people know who won what because they're deserving of it. These are athletes that thrill us, entertain us all year long. The least we can do is give them some extra recognition for what they did to go above and beyond and obviously be honored by their teammates. I believe actually these are uh, administrators, coaches, and their fellow teammates who vote on these awards. This is not some trumped up media thing, if I'm not mistaken. These are their own uh, fellow athletes who are on air honoring their, their, their own. That's a really, really cool thing. So, Congratulations once again to all those athletes and a big thank you for all of your guys' support of this podcast. Hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. We will be back next week talking all things BYU. Who knows what's going to happen with conference realignment. We'll have that covered for you. Our position group previews in the final week leading up to BYU training camp. We'll also get to those. So keep it locked right here on Locked on Cougars. You like that alliteration? All right. Thank you for making us your first listen today. Now go make our friends over the Locked on Big 12 podcast your second listen. Always great stuff with Josh neighbors get it free and available wherever you get your podcast just like this one that'll do it for us have a great rest of your day this has been the locked on cougars podcast see ya